Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. Mystical, mystical. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. Tyler Connolly was like, you really want to talk to me about my lyrics? Uh, okay. I don't know, maybe I was one of the few that took note of Theory of a Dead Man because of their words. I think they're great, as, as you will hear. We started out talking exercise, which I think caught him by surprise too. We recorded this backstage at their show in Grand Rapids, Michigan on September 10th, 2008. Hey, tell me about this uh, running thing. Do you, run, do you try to run as much as you can? Uh, yeah, I try. The yeah. words try. When yeah. I go home, I run every day. Do I you? run f- pro- quite far, probably, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes. So how far is that? You know, like well, six miles? Well, it could miles? be 45 miles, but it's a minute and a mile. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Probably uh, five miles or something yeah. a day. You find that uh, recuperative or just helps you uh, yeah. with balance or health? Yeah. Or? I feel better when I run. Yeah? Yeah. And I try to run on the road, but for some reason on the road, I get... Uh, it's a lot harder. I Side run in like 10 minutes. Microphones. Well, it's just t- 10 minutes in the run. I'm like, I'm oh. out of shape. Yeah. But I might have something to do with how I sleep on the road and how, what I eat. What do you, how do you sleep? Not well? No, I sleep too much. Oh, really? I sleep, you know, like I'll go to bed at 3 a.m. and I won't wake up till 1 p.m. Nice. Which is probably oversleeping. Well, I would think wake so. Up. And, you know, and I eat, we, our schedules, you know, like you get off stage at 11 or midnight and then you eat, which you shouldn't be doing. So you go to bed on a, a full stomach, which supposedly is, uh, you know, really unhealthy. Uh, you know, when I do that, and this is uh, kind of stupid, but I actually get, I wouldn't say bad dreams as in, you know, really scary dreams, just funky dreams and very yeah. vivid dreams. And I don't you know, I wake up and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It has something to do with, you know, it's all connected to stress or something going on in your life and all that kind of crap. Well, and I, I think that's probably why running helps too because, you know, I bike as much as I can and the days that I bike, the less stress I have. It's just, yeah. just funny how that kind of goes. Well, exercise releases some sort of chemical, what is it called, uh, that makes you feel good? Like when you, uh, same chemicals when you... Endorphins? Yeah, endorphins. Is that it? Right. Yeah, well, look at me. There Almost like I remembered something from science class. Yeah. Did you actually run track in high school or anything? No. Really? No. I was tall, though, in, in high school, so I played basketball. I sucked. You know, I was probably the worst on the team, but I tried. <laughs> well, that's half the battle, right? That's right. Getting out on the court. So what kind of shoes do you run in? Oh, we uh, we just did this actually uh, a show for Nike. Oh, they're doing this thing called the Human Race. Have you heard about that? No, tell me about it. 
25 cities around the world all running at the same time. Oh, cool. It's 10 kilometers or six miles. And they're trying to get the most people to run in one race at the same time around the world. Oh, very cool idea. So after the show, they had all these bands play after. So like uh, in L.A., I think it was uh, Kanye West. And, mm-hmm. New, you know, Chicago was Fall Out Boy and New York. Had, I don't know. Yep. So I think they try to have hometown so in Van- we played in Vancouver. Vancouver was the only Canadian city that participated, and, oh. and we played the show there. So, so Nike got in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah, they gave us free stuff. So they gave me some free running shoes, which are awesome. Really? Man, dude, I way better. Run way farther and easier. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So I guess you're a Nike fan for the rest of your life. That's right. Yeah? Well, work out a deal with those guys. Yeah, no kidding. Keep, keep working on that deal. Because you know what? If you run as much as you say you do, then you're going to need new shoes in you know, eight months, nine months, pretty soon. Yeah, I know. For sure. So, that's very cool that you guys did that. Yeah, it was awesome. Have you do, do you do, every once in a while, do you do um, shows that are sort of outside the norm where they're actually for some charity or for, for something uh, like that? Yeah, yeah, once in a while. And is it something you guys look for? or No, it's just offers kind of pop up you know yeah. someone will call our management and be like is, would theory would them be interested in doing this and sometimes you know we're up for anything it's just sometimes usually we say no due to our schedule yeah not because we think it's a lame cause or it's usually because we can't make it right. can't do it it's about it well being from canada i would think that you care a little bit about nature because americans obviously don't know i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of nature in where i live man yeah, is there? Do you live out in the country or do you actually live in the city? of? No, I live actually right in the metropolis. I live in a high-rise in Vancouver. Oh, really? Like the cement jungle. But uh, Married? All, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. But all around Vancouver is all like paradise mountains and you know, deer and bear and all that kind of and stuff. And so do you get excited when you get to Chicago, New York, and those places where, I mean, do you like living right in the heart of the city like that? Uh, I like the fact that I can walk everywhere. Uh-huh. And that's about it. Uh, do you own a car, though? Yeah, I own a car, yeah, yeah. But you just, you'd rather... Stay local when you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if it's like six blocks, sure. Why would you drive it? I mean, you got to park it, and it costs a million dollars to park. So forget it. Yeah, right. Um, environment? Do you think much about it? I mean, uh, do you try to recycle in your home or? Yeah, yeah, I, I try. I don't do a very good job. I have bad excuses. Yeah, but uh, because the recycle bin's too far lot, away. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot easier living in Canada. It's. Uh, it's very green up there. Everyone recycles. Everyone's all about the environment. A lot of people drive electric cars and, you know, hybrids and stuff. So, uh, but, uh, so it makes it harder to not be green and good to the environment. But, uh, hmm. you know, I don't know. I'm always That's on the road That's interesting reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, so a few of the songs. The song that I, uh, I spun first is Sacrifice. Oh, cool! I just thought it was very—I just thought it was a very cool song about. I think that's one of the struggles people have is, is trying to be yourself. Yeah, it really was. Uh, it came from something a little bit, but it's really about how uh, your family sees you, and your friends see you, sees you, and it's always trying to like be something uh, better and bigger for yourself. But really, there's a little bit of underlying stuff. It's like you want to. You want to, you know, do something amazing or be famous or be successful because you want to sh- show your family, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not a loser, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or your friends or your people that never thought you could make anything out of your life. So it's kind of a, you know, it's an inspirational song about, you know, I'm never going to, you know, give up. I'm never going to, uh, you know, let in and, uh, 
Never going to sacrifice? Never going to sacrifice, right? See, how's that? I wonder where I came up with that. They actually used the U.S. Olympic team used that song as a... Oh, really? As their theme song, yeah. Oh, Which I thought cool. was cool because we never even thought... We never we don't have like a lot of inspirational tracks. It's all like breakups and relationships. So when we heard that, we're like, really? And then I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, okay. Never going to give up. It's all about, you know, racing and stuff. So that's cool. Is that necessarily on purpose when you when you write songs about breakups and stuff? I mean, or is it just what's what comes out when you sit down? Uh, you know, recently, more than ever, I've really tried hard to write every song be from my heart and be real so every song comes from me it's not just like a story you know if i talk about like a song called bad girlfriend i'm not just writing about girlfriends like i'm just making a story up it's tr it's a true story it's everything on there is about something well have you found that presuming that if you write like that now you wrote less like that earlier so i don't know if that's a fair statement but you know i think you know what i mean but yeah but but do you feel like maybe that's the reason that that you're having more success now is because that because it is more real and it is more there's something that connects more directly with the listener than than maybe yeah. when you're making up a story i mean sometimes that uh you know that's what it is really it's just people uh you can't people can't be tricked i don't think at least not as much as maybe they used to be but you got to be realistic. Uh, people listen to a song, they're going to know if you're just making a story up or if it's just, you know, you write a song about partying and, and being crazy in a rock and roll band and you're totally not that guy. They're going to, I think people, the audience is going to know that you're making that up, you know, like, so uh, I think it's working because people know that I'm telling the truth when I sing that stuff. So the difference between a bad girlfriend song and a sacrifice song where I just, you know, completely... And maybe I'm just not in that place, right? But is it interesting to you that so many people have connected with a song like that? That I mean, because it's, I at the very least, pretty angry. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's always uh, a surprise when a song works. So I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, unbelievable. Because you never know, right? It's Yeah. Uh, when you write a song, you don't know what's going to happen. You just write... Uh, some lyrics and i kind of do it for myself at first and try to get through a song and be proud you know pat myself on the back and say I, I think i did a good job with these lyrics i mean a song like bad girlfriend it's not a deep song it's it's uh it's all straightforward it's right there i mean you're gonna know what i'm singing about there's no metaphors but i think the next song is deeper than that when you sit down i mean i've, I've said it a i've said it too many times in my life that i hate my life oh right you know but is, is that a cathartic thing for you to write that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I think it's cathartic for the people when they listen to it. And that's why I, I always felt like that song would connect. That was probably the song on the record. I thought that song would work mm. the most because the label hated it. And uh, I just had this gut feeling like, you know what? People are going to get this song. They're not going to listen into it, uh, you know, read into it and think, oh, Tyler Connolly must really hate his life. They're going to understand that, you know, I'm, I'm also writing it for them because when they're in traffic and having a bad day, it's ironic, but it's true that songs that talk about having a bad day make you feel better. So people will hear that song, I Hate My Life, and I actually feel better, ironic as it may seem. Yeah, I I don't argue that, but I guess I, I guess at the end of the day, whether it's a book, a TV show, song, whatever, somehow I want to be lifted. And I... And maybe there is something that is something magical in music that right. when you can 
vent it that way just by yeah. turning it up in your car when traffic is terrible. Maybe that maybe that's where the purpose comes out in it. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, every song uh, for me when I, like if I hear uh, I heard I was at a radio station today and they played uh, Pearl Jam, Jeremy. Yeah. When I heard the song, it brought back brought me back to a time when I was a kid in a certain place in school or something like that. So I think that song will work for people because it'll bring them to a time where like you know they're stuck in traffic or they're having a bad week or hate their job. Well, you know, I, I was just at a Def Leppard show and. Um and I interviewed their drummer, who's a really great guy, by the way. Has does some really great stuff. And um, out, outside of Def Leppard is what I'm talking about. Not that he doesn't do great stuff in Def Leppard, but um, I I just watched the audience as much as I could, and they were just they were the songs just took them to a place, a very mm-hmm. special place that that you know I'm thinking, okay, rock on purpose. I've got to play songs like Sacrifice and whatever. But there is something special about what happened when you were 13 14 21 years old and and wherever wherever something special was happening there's right. a song that sort of dovetails into it is that what it is for you yeah i i think that's what will lead to longevity too is uh if you have songs that connect like def leppard has songs def leppard you know can go tour tomorrow and have a successful tour and have all their fans come out because it doesn't matter how old they are they're still going to play you know their hits and all those people are going to go run to the show and sing along because like you said it's going to bring him back right um first song on the record so happy that's about getting rid of the bad isn't it yeah i wrote that song about a friend of mine growing up uh he was my best friend uh like around 13 or 14 I used to go to his house all the time, sleepovers and watch movies and stuff. And he had an alcoholic father who uh, didn't have a job. And by noon, you know, he'd have like six empty beer bottles beside the couch. And he used to just harass his his, his kid. And uh, he told me one day when we were over at his house in his room or something, he's like, you know what, I hate my dad. I hate him. And I, at that point, I, I couldn't understand what it would be like to hate like hate your father because i loved my father and i was like wow i've never heard anyone say that and mean it and so i wrote a song about it because later on in his life when he was graduating stuff i went over to his house for dinner or something and he's married and had a couple kids Mm -hmm. and he told me he's like oh i don't talk to my dad anymore we Mm -hmm. we we threw him out of our lives and uh he felt a lot happier about it so that's what so happy is it's it sounds like a relationship song but it's actually about how he feels happy now he's thrown this person out of his life but it's vague enough where you know anybody can relate to it that just must have been tough growing up for him you know what i mean yeah and a lot and a lot of and a lot of people grow up that way yeah well he had some you know he had some problems when he was a kid you know he was a bit of a bad you know yeah. bad seed he was a great guy he was my friend but you know he yeah. did superstition <laughs> yeah right uh by the way is that just old breakup song just don't yeah, well, that was written with uh, Chris Daughtry. Uh, so he had an idea for the chorus first. So I uh, I wrote the rest of the song. I took and wrote the lyrics around his idea. By the way, he left without saying goodbye to me. That was his line. So uh, I just wrote a song around it. And uh, I wrote in a hotel room the day before I had to sing it it was and uh, I was kind of getting stressed out because I couldn't think of something but I just sat down and it made myself right and uh, it came out great I thought does that um, do you think that keeps the song 
more fresh? I mean, is there something different about a song that maybe you worked on six months before that and you kind of had it and all of a sudden and then you got to go in the studio and sing it now you've got next uh, day you've i think i, know, I, I think it comes out it comes out better if you do it all once i've had songs where i've had like a chorus for months and then i have to write like a, a some verses and then i don't like the verses or change them then it doesn't feel you know it doesn't feel as organic as if you write a song in 10 minutes because then it feels like you've got this one idea one emotion and you just pretty much just write it all down you've got it so uh that song came out pretty quick so i think it sounds really organic how did you hook up with chris daughtry because uh, everybody he's he's hooking up with a lot of cool guys and you're was, just another one that i didn't even know about so well he uh we our last record gasoline we howard benson produced it who did our new record and uh he was a huge fan of ours and he went and went to howard benson and uh, he says, I want my record to sound like this. And he put a CD in and he pushed play and he, it was Santa Monica, which was a song from our uh, gasoline record. And Howard Benson was like, wow, really? He's like, yeah, I love Theory of a Dead Man. And uh, so through that, Howard Benson had talked to Chris Daughtry and, and he said, you know, I'd love to come and, you know, work, you know, come and sing on one of your guys' songs or, you know, or collaborate on a song. And we were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> How do you say no? Yeah, it was great. Talk to me about Howard Benson. I just can't tell you how many um, records that I get that we play that I think rock on purpose for whatever that means to anybody. And it's stinking produced by Howard Benson. Yeah. The guy's like a machine the last, f I don't know, 10 years, five years anyway, you know? Yeah, he's in a lot of rock bands, hasn't he? Well, he's been, he's been uh, like, he's really good at like breaking bands too because he finds bands like, he did the first My Chemical Romance record. Yeah. And he told me, he's as soon as that, kid the singer walked in the room i knew he was a rock star he said i knew that guy was i knew they were going to be huge i'm like well he might have just said that i don't know but uh he's he's like he's he seems to be like the guy right now he seems to know what what's going on and what's going to be hot and and when you go in do you just trust what he says because he's hot or is it still a collaboration between yeah oh no we'll fight over stuff yeah. we i mean last record we had some good fights over stuff but <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, he's just trying to make the best record, and we are too. It's just, uh, no, it's pretty easy. He'd have to, he'd agree that it's, it's, we, we make pretty easy records. There's some bands that he probably does that he struggles because maybe there's just some stuff that isn't working out, but, uh, ever worried you're not rock star enough? Yeah, I ain't a rock star. I'm definitely not rock star enough. Yeah, for sure. But is it a concern? You know what I mean? I mean, you're, one, you can write, you can write this great stuff. You can perform this great stuff. But then, is there another little um, do I live caveat it? that <laughs> says, "Okay, you've got to be this on stage, and you've got to be this when you're in interviews. You've got to be, you know what I mean?" Because um, so there, I've heard people say, "You know, well, he's just not screwed up enough to be a rock star." Yeah, I don't you know? know. I think that those days are behind us. I think that the yeah. industry now is so screwed. No one's buying records anymore. Labels are firing everybody. They're, you know, they're they're uh going bankrupt and uh bands are being dropped and so i don't think you can screw around like that anymore i don't think you can be you know you can't be the rolling stones and you know uh do a bunch of drugs and drink all night and miss miss interviews and yeah you know back then it was kind of uh it was a lifestyle now like if you have the lifestyle labels are just like you know what 
forget about it. We'll find another band that wants to work, you know, and do interviews. And so, do you? Do you, are, do you guys? Are you pretty diligent about not partying too much and stuff? No, no, we have fun. Yeah. It's just that I think it kind of comes down on me being the singer. I have to kind of stand up and be like, all right, I'll be the guy that doesn't, you know, we'll save my voice because we have, you know, two mm-hmm. acoustic shows tomorrow and a. And a headline show, so uh, I. Won't so you're the designated drink. driver, the, yeah. in essence of <laughs> of the band. I am. I am the designated driver of the of the band. So, which is fine. You know, I I think it's probably better off because uh, it probably I'd have a lot much more guilty conscience if I knew we had to cancel a show due to you know, heaven was written about uh, my uh, my grandmother-in-law who was. Uh, Sometimes having a hard time with being alive. Really, uh, she's, she's struggling just, with that. Well, she's just uh, you know uh, as depression and stuff. Yeah. So uh, no, kind of wrote that song it. for her to let her know, like you know, little by little, day by day, you know, you there's people around that can help you out. No, you know what? My dad is struggling with that too because he's older now, and it's like, my, I think he's pissed being alive, and it's like too bad because. I mean, here's the guy who was at some point in time probably an anchor in my life, right? Right. And now he's given me this uh, example to, hey, when you get to the end of your life, it kind of sucks. Right. <laughs> Just like, you know, I want somebody like me or you or to write him a song and go, hey, you know what? Not that he'd ever know how to even work a CD player, but right. uh, but that moved you enough to write something for her? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's inspirational as well, right? I mean, there's other songs on there too, like Crutch, which is the opposite. Which is a song uh, about somebody, uh, the opposite about you know, pretty much telling someone to you know go away. It's yeah, right. it's about someone that you Don't know. It's, it's kind of about a depressive person as well, but how they're always they always want to be there for you uh, only when it's good for them. So it's like, you can lean on me, but don't lean on me like I'm your crutch, which is kind of like this line I wrote about this person I have yeah. that I know. You know, I not I, you know what? Not too many people write songs like that. That's why I, yeah. I, I felt really good when I got songs like that on our, our record. It's funny because a lot of people are like, well, you know, you write every song you write is about a relationship. I'm like, well, no, actually, that's this new record that's actually far from true. Do you ever feel like the relationship isn't balanced because you've been there? You know what I mean? That because you've been strong for somebody else is that. You know what I mean? How you can kind of get pissed about that. The relationship with who? With whoever that is leaning on you oh. when you want to lean on. You know what I mean? Is that something that you can kind of almost put almost put you to the end? Like, okay, I don't even know if I want to deal with this person anymore. Oh, even yeah, though yeah, you yeah, love yeah. them. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, Me and my wife have been there a few times with this person. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's one of those things where it's like uh, they're family, so you got to kind of yeah. like they keep coming back, and then they do something stupid again. So then you're like, you know what? I'm, we're not we're not going to talk to that person anymore and then they and then they you're like all right we'll have more for christmas and then they you know get drunk or say something stupid or and you're like oh why do we invite them over why you know why i thought we learned a lesson it's just one of those sad things you know well isn't it interesting that i guess we all try to get somebody's attention in different ways have you ever have you ever said to them okay you know what <laughs> just go listen to this song and just get the hell out yeah. of here. You know, I mean, have you done that with a song for them? Or uh, have you just sort of said, okay, this is, I just need to do this because we can, I can release whatever's pent up inside yeah, me. Yeah, I think I do this more for selfish reason, reasons. I don't think I'm a mean enough person to be like, you know what? Listen to track five <laughs> and else. you'll know why I don't call you. You know, I don't think I'm that kind of person. I think it's better to, you know, if you don't have anything 
good to say, you know, don't say anything at all. So I just, I kind of do this for my own reasons to, yeah, you know, vent my frustrations. So really, you're not a mean guy? I would think you'd be a mean guy. Only just, on stage. That's when I throw, throw rocks at our audience. Nice. <laughs> that, that, that's a rock show. <laughs> that's rock. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a rock show. So who, growing up, made you want to, um, I mean, I guess lyrically, because I think you put a lot of effort into your lyrics, was there somebody that when you were growing up, you just kind of went, you connected with them the way you kind of hope your audience connects with you? Is there anybody like you, I mean, like a hero, like someone oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, be I like? Don't, somebody that you went, that when you were in your bedroom or in your car or or wherever you listen to music, that you kind of went, yeah, man, that's... I lo- and you and just like you said with um, with bad girlfriend, you had to turn it up because it yeah. spoke to you. It spoke uh, to you on the inside. Led Zeppelin was a huge band. Mm. It was kind of like the first band uh, I listened to that wasn't rap. Because when I was a kid, I listened to like a lot of rap. And then all of a sudden, my dad, my dad had one of those pieces of furniture that was a record player. It was a huge piece of wood. Oh, and huge had, piece of wood. That and was he had all these records in it, and he had like uh, Super Tramp and The Doors and. Led Zeppelin Two was the first record I put on. Mm. I think the first track is "Whole Lot of Love," mm-hmm. and uh, I put that on, and that was it. I was instantly became a rock guy, and uh, you know the sound quality wasn't that good, but you know I had all these crazy panning things, and I was like, "Man, this is cool. This is cool stuff." So you had to get good headphones. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then it became you know. Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin four, and that record was the epitome of for me. You know, eight songs that were like the best songs ever for me. Really? So Jimmy Page became like my guitar god, mm. and I had to learn every you know Led Zeppelin song there was. And uh, so that to me kind of is like one of those bands that really started me on my path to where I am today. I guess there's an awful lot of rock people who still bitch about rap music, but I always appreciated it. And I really appreciate it lyrically because I always thought they kind of had a social conscience about it. You know what I mean? I mean, some, not everybody. I mean, not not necessarily MC Hammer, although he certainly probably wrote some <laughs> stuff. But I mean, were you into it for? Were you into it just because that was that was where music was at, when you were growing up? I mean, I really liked it. It was probably because all my friends listened to it, and that yeah. was just how you know things were when you're growing up. Sure. But uh, my favorite rap band was Public Enemy, but they they did have a yeah. message. They were very political, politically driven, and. Uh, you know, uh, Chuck D was very pro-black. You know, he always yeah. talked about Farrakhan and all this kind of stuff, which I, you know, I couldn't relate to when I was, you know, twelve years old. But uh, can understand him. Uh, at least he was rapping about something that made sense, and I can understand it, or not understand, but you know, I could uh, get something out of it. It's so funny where Chuck D. I mean, he continues to make statements and and do stuff that seems that seem important, if you will. And Flavor Flav just went. <laughs> He yeah. just went like oh, over there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's I guess he's just nuts. Uh well, you know what? He's nuts, but he's probably making a bunch of money doing all that all that reality show <laughs> yeah, funky so. stuff. You need a big clock around your neck, man. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm so sorry to ask you what theory of a dead man, the name of the band, is there some greater meaning there that It's a thought provoking uh title that we picked uh, a long time ago uh first record has a song called the last song on it which was a song about uh a kid who thought was thinking about suicide and uh wrote a list of things that uh he there was to live for things he was going to miss when he was gone that would talk him out of it so it became the theory of a dead man 
and uh, we just took that cool line and made it the name of the band, mm. which you know kind of bit us in the ass a little bit because a lot of people are like theory, dead man's what theory of a what huh? But we just think it's a cool, thought-provoking, you know, title that uh, is yeah. different than anything that's out there. And was that a story that you concocted, or was that something that? that was real in your life the, about the last song uh no i've never been t- i'm sure i've been depressed at times but uh when i wrote that i was i think yeah. it was a, pretty much a story i don't think it was no nah, i've never been suicidal certainly people get really depressed which is i guess easy to get to but um but i guess there's another level you yeah know? and especially when i hear somebody writing about it i i guess i guess if you really get into your in your dark psyche it's kind of like okay <laughs> yeah right well there's a lot of subconscious stuff that goes on that you know a lot of the older stuff i would write i didn't really know what the song was about until after i wrote it and read through it a few times i went okay you know i think i know what i'm trying to say here oh really yeah it wasn't as conscious as like the new stuff where i would be like, okay i want i want to sit down and write a song about how i met my wife and i'd sit down and write it and it's uh it actually makes it a lot easier to write because yeah. you know what word literally is going to come next where you know, when I was younger, I didn't. No one really taught me how to write a song, so it took me a long time to figure out, you know, how to make it easier. But, you know, it also makes it cooler when you listen to the old stuff. Going, well, you know, it's cool that I wrote a song about, you know, my mother uh, leaving our family and not really knowing about it till I read it a few times. So you came from a divorced. Yeah, yeah. Was that tough when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, it happened to me when I was a teenager. So it was right. It was right Pretty in that time, time of your life. Too. Where uh, you know you're you're this nervous kind of uh, teenager where you don't know where you're gonna go with your life and you don't know what's gonna you kind of need support and my dad you know bless his heart you know he wasn't uh, the greatest you know supporting he was really great with music he was really great at supporting with music but you know he wasn't much of a bass he was more like a a roommate at times uh, I was always like a, a mama's boy so my mom left it was just like. You know, was, there goes your uh, anger. Yeah, right? yeah, that was it. So uh, my dad, you know, became, you know, depressed and kind of screwed up, and it didn't help things for me. So uh, going to the music was all I didn't know. I didn't know what else to do. That was it. Did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, older sister. Oh, okay. She, she was. Uh, she had moved out at the time already. So I, don't, I think she handled it better than I did. Well, she's probably in you know just a more mature place. You know, what I mean. Yeah, she was already independent enough yeah. where, you know, it sucked for her, but uh, she didn't need her, she didn't need the parentals. She, I still lived at home and went to school and stuff, so. How's your relationship with both of them now, both your parents? It's fine. Yeah? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. My dad's still, you know, uh, very independent and uh, sometimes, you know, lonely guy, he likes to be on his own stuff, and uh, my mom seems very happy. Do you worry about the loneliness? Uh, you know, I have a lot of traits that my dad has, yeah. so uh, I think I've been lucky enough to be able to, I got a great support, you know, support for my wife now, who's my rock, but uh, I've also found a way to mm-hmm. put, you know, with the music, it's really helped me find a way to, you know, keep me busy, but also put my emotions down on paper. I think if I border on anything, it's the, it's, because I think there's a great, thing about being alone and being able to center yourself or be spiritual or whatever but but it also you know can kind of creep into loneliness and when Mm -hmm. you start feeling sorry for yourself and or you get pissed at the world and you know that's the stuff that that's the stuff that's scary and the more that i read especially stuff 
maybe it's only happening in America, but I assume it's happening all over. But more and more people live alone now. You know, 25% of Americans live in a single household, you know, and I just sort of go, bet a lot of those curtains don't get opened, Mm -hmm. you know? And I don't don't know how we attack that. I don't know how guys like me or you can go around all day knocking on doors. I guess you're knocking on doors by writing the stuff, huh? I think this is helping out, you know? Yeah, I hope so. This is... uh this is like a band-aid for, uh, yeah. you know, it's just some emotional cures. It, it, it has been and always will be, you know. It's like those people that, all those metal kids that, you know, had, they would have, you know, rings to their faces. They go run in the rooms and they crank up Marilyn Manson. And all those people, you know, uh, would go and say Marilyn Manson or, or Ozzy Osbourne, you know, uh, made those kids go shoot people at Col- Columbine <laughs> and stuff. And I was right. like, you know what, I think those you know those bands probably help those kids i i can't see you know those kids going and doing that because there isn't some music you know well like you were saying earlier i think when something really connects and it's there for something as special as happening whether you revealed part of your soul or the writer did you know that kind of a thing so so tell me about uh getting a demo to chad krueger and and I mean, it's sort of one of those special stories, right? Well, a lot of people always get it wrong. I, t- I told the story earlier on today, and the guy wouldn't believe me, but I was friends with his girlfriend. I, I will believe you. All right. You. I'm excited. Uh, I was friends with his girlfriend, and uh, I would hang out with her and her friends and stuff, and uh, I didn't rarely ever saw Chad because he was on the road. Uh, and this was early on. This is before, you know, the big Hire Remind Me song. And... Uh, I was in a band, and I guess he knew I was in a band, but didn't really pay much attention until I gave a demo to her, and she gave it to him. And I guess he went on the road for six months or quite a long time, and, and literally about six months later, he called me. He's like, "Hey, it's Chad." I'm like, "Chad, who? I don't know. I don't have any friends named Chad." And Chad, Chad Kruger, and I'm like, "You do uh, now. <laughs> hey, what's up?" He's like, "I listened to your demo. You know what? I think, I think I can get you uh, you a record deal. I think you got some great songs here." So we went in. And, and recut some songs and recorded some new songs and uh, had some labels come down and uh, we got a record deal. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Have you really taken a lot what how he writes songs and kind of, and, um, you know, because, I mean, he's such, he's really great at telling stories. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's fantastic at it. Well, he, he's... You can, uh, can paint the picture really, really quickly. He's very, he, he's great, uh, has great narrative, like very, he's very good. Uh, he learned early on of uh, how to paint a picture, how to, how to be uh, very descriptive and make people, when they hear a song, visualize it in their head. And that's one trick that I learned uh, was to try to make people visualize what you're trying to say. So you descriptive words, you use places, you know, use things, and, uh, and people can visualize almost like a music video of what the song's about, and uh, that'll actually help and yeah, he's a great songwriter. He's awesome. Thanks for the time. Word up. Just another Canadian treating me like I mattered. Thanks for listening in to my chat with Tyler Connolly of Theory of a Dead Man.
Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>